Welcome to episode three of Whiteboard Wednesdays. We back at it again on this snowy Wednesday, April morning. Uh, lots to talk about today. Uh, I, I think we uh, came back after a weekend and, and a lot happened this weekend. We had the uh, Elite Eight. We had BioSteel All-Canadian game. We had uh, some culture-changing um, news this weekend, unfortunate news. We'll get into that. And then we'll take some uh, viewer discussions today and, and talk about the uh, Final Four as well. So without further ado, we'll, we'll get right into um, basically talking about uh, March Madness. I mean, I, I've lost all interest in it, to be totally honest, because I crumpled up my bracket and threw it away. But we could, we could talk about, uh, I know there's one guy in this room that's extremely happy because he ran to me this weekend and said, yo, remember on the first episode? <laughs> I said Texas Tech. I am the man. <laughs> so I'm going to throw it right to the man to talk about your Texas Tech. First time ever in the Final Four. Right. Um, I'm sure there's a whole whole group of Texans that are they're happy as heck. I'm sure the TV ratings are mad as hell. Uh, but tell, tell me why you picked them and, and, and what, what your thought process was and, and how far can they go. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, I've been following Chris Beard for a while just because all the success he had when he was at Little Rock and then, you know, he's had so many one-year stints where he's done a great job. So I started following him really closely to just learn from him, you know, what he does to establish a culture. And, you know, started writing a lot of articles about him. And then last year when I was at Old Roberts University, um, one of the best players in the conference transferred Texas Tech this year. He's doing really well for them. His name is Matt Mooney. And so when he went there, I started watching him even more. And just the way they played defensively, I kind of knew that, you know, Chris Beard would really have his guys ready. And that's kind of, you never know in March Madness. So, you know, just kind of went with them and here they are. You know, so I'm happy for, you know, I'm happy for Chris Beard. I think he's done a phenomenal job. And I'm also happy for, you know, the player that transferred there from our conference last year to play the biggest stage. No, oh, that's good. And um, around the table, anyone else have anyone that's still alive in, in, in the Final Four here from, from your bracket? Yeah, I'm, I'm two of four right Two or four who, right who do you got left? I got Virginia left, and I got Michigan State. All right, and what, what was your thought process? And I mean, Michigan State's one that you could kind of safely go with. Yeah. Um, you know, they had a little bit of adversity through the first round or two, and, and I think they've rallied together in that. But, you know, why, why Virginia? Especially, um, especially after the past years. I think just based off, of like, coaching staff and uh, alone, they always do a great job of recruiting really high-level guards. Um, I think a guy right now, and it's kind of ironic because his last name is Guy. I think Kyle Guy, the way that he's playing, the way that he's able to bring his uh, his group together. Um, one thing that I was hearing from 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 Coach was that he is a constant energy giver um, and is also a, a great teammate. You know, he's always the first guy to go and pick up his teammates. Um, and I think you know, especially down a stretch of a tournament like this, that's something that's needed. You know, in, in all form, all shapes and forms. So I, I, that was for me. I think it's one of those safe picks. I think with Michigan State. Um, from that from that side of things, it, you know, during the beginning of the season, they were a number one ranked team, and then kind of fell out of that uh, that spotlight. Um, but just based off of the way that you know Manny and I have been talking, kind of how Cassius Winston's been playing, um, you know, the way that he's running that point guard position and, and able to just distribute the ball, let alone score, uh, has been amazing to see. And, and guys like you know Kenny Goins, uh, that you know has been stretching the floor really well and shooting the ball. Um, you know, right right now, that's my that's you know that was my pick to win the tournament, and, and hopefully they can keep it going. But obviously, they got to battle up against Texas Tech, and um, ironically for for Manny, those are both two teams that he, he likes. So um, it's going to be an interesting matchup to see, and you know you guys will be able to be there for it. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, Jeremy, um, 
I don't know how much you got left in your pool because you're shaking your head, but to, let, let's talk a little bit about Duke over the last couple of games. I mean, you know, I, I think everybody uh, all season had they, – they were the odds-on favorite, obviously, to, to uh, based on talent, roster, coach, school, uh, to go far. What, what do you think happened over the last couple of games? And do you think that, you know, with having a close game, the next team tried to do some of the similar things, and then having two close games, the next team was able to put together just little pieces bit by bit to to take down the the, the odds-on favorites. Yeah, I think the I think I think the tournament in itself is just a different beast. Um, it's the third. It's technically the third part of the season, um, and I think they were just a victim of their youth um, and a lot in a lot of the tournament instance. I mean. They won two games in two weeks. Well, yeah, a week apart from each other, where UCF literally just missed a tip in, mm-hmm. and then Virginia Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech, he missed a bunny. So I mean, you could you could say they could have been home two weeks ago, but I mean they didn't. But I mean at the end of the day, like I think the NCAA tournament rewards the best team. Um, I think Duke has the the best of massive talent. Um, but I think they were just caught by a, a, a driven, better team. Um, Michigan State went through a lot. I mean, they lost one of their better guys earlier in the year. They lost a guy two weeks ago. And I think the inspired ball is just tough to play against, um, especially in a tournament. Like, that's – it's the NCAA tournament it runs off these Cinderella-type mythical stories. Um, so – and Cassius Winston is a, is a different dude. As far as college basketball goes, Cassius Winston is a guy. So, I mean, it's not – Tom Izzo is Tom Izzo. So, I mean, his teams are always tough. They play the right way. They fight for the right things. And they just trust and believe in each other. And you got teams like that, and it's tough. So, you just ran up against a tough team. Most exciting game so far in your guys' mind, open to anyone here. The game where you were kind of on the edge of your seat saying, you know, this has been the best game in March Madness so far. I mean, this weekend, it seems like there was a lot of games that we didn't see. Yeah, there's a, bu- there's a, a bunch. But, yeah. but like, honestly, pointing out, like, the one that you mentioned, like, the UCF-Duke one. UCF-Duke was like, crazy. That was, that was crazy. Yeah, that was, Duke was Wait, crazy. Yeah. Purdue-Tennessee was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Virginia Tech-Duke was crazy. There were some key calls in that game that could have changed the outcome, for sure. I agree with that. There's a few we missed because we had Bob still going on. So yeah. Like, yeah, but... And just I think, in general, the job. I mean, the news I woke up to this morning. Oh, is Virginia. Buzz. Oh, oh, Virginia. What's the name? Was crazy. Virginia. Keep oh, the last game. Yeah, 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 yeah. The last game. Yeah, that was Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. Yeah, that was Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Buzz, t- uh, I think officially taking the uh, the Texas A and M job. Big news to you guys, or or worst kept secret in in college basketball at this point? Worst kept secret. What about you? Yeah. I- it was kind of rumored for a yeah, little while. Yeah, it was kind of rumored a little bit. What, what does that do to, to, to that staff? What does that do to the players that are there? And, and, and how does that affect, you know, kids? You know, we, we were obviously with, with uh, one of their commitments this weekend, and, and news was kind of rumored, and he had been talking about it a little bit. But just from a culture standpoint, you know, is it, is it a downer for those kids? Is it like, hey, what am I going to do now? You know, what, what do you do if that's your kid? Well, I think I think in college basketball, I think more so when kids commit to go to a college university, you know, they're kind of committing to the coaching staff. You know, that's why recruiting is such a big deal in college basketball. You know, you're going to play for a coach. 
And so the guys they have signed already, you know, they may alter their decision. Some of them might get the offer to go to A&M with Buzz. Um, but it definitely does change a lot because, you know, the relationship's there, the bond's there, the love is there, and, you know, that's pretty powerful. So do a lot of those kids decommit and say, okay, I, I'm going over there now? I think it depends on the situation. Each one? Yeah, I think it depends on the situation. That, you know, wherever it's that Texas A&M might already have a point guard yeah. that's experienced that might want to stay. And so if Buzz being in a point guard, for an example, you know, he might want to pursue a different route because their opportunity is not going to be there. I, I want to I go back, and, and the reason I brought that up, because that game, uh, Virginia Tech, um, their last game against Duke. And, and you know, I want to I shout out Coach McNeely because I saw him grab the clipboard and he ran one hell of a play yeah. on that timeout um, to, to get that, that bunny that was missed. Uh, but that was wide open. And, you know, you've seen him in that timeout grab that clipboard and jump in there and say, yo, like, yo, I got this. And, you know, that, that was clean. That was clean. And that's one that's going into my archives of anyone that's going to play me is going to get caught with that one once or twice <laughs> throughout the next couple of years. But, uh, you know, shout out, obviously being a Canadian, yeah. um, you, you pay even more attention to the interaction that he has with that staff, and, and you see just how important he is on that staff. Uh, he looks like he's a glue guy, spends a lot of time up in Canada recruiting Canadian kids, and, you know, they had Nikhil down there and, and uh, uh, Jonathan Cabongo, and, and they have Emmanuel Miller coming. So, you know, I, I wanted to give that shout out to, to Coach McNeely that, you know, that that was pretty a, spe a pretty special moment for Definitely. for us to watch as Canadians, even though you know he probably does it all the time. Yeah. Um, back to March Madness, uh, you you two are heading down uh, to the Final Four. Um, a lot of exciting times. Tell tell me what is the thing you're looking forward to the most this weekend? Um, in knowing that you're walking into conferences and seminars and coaching clinics and games and what what are you looking for the most? Well, first and foremost, I want to thank, you know, yourself, Jesse Tipping, the entire athlete institution for even giving me the opportunity to pursue that, you know, beyond grateful, and I thank you. Uh, personally, my thing is not going to be about learning. You know, as my first-year coach, I, I feel like I have a lot to learn still, you know, so my motive going in is definitely just to attend as many clinics as I can, um, you know, learn from guys and speakers that have already been there, you know, they are where I want to get to, so... You know, I have a lot of uh, ready to write a lot, you know, ready to learn a lot, listen a lot. And, you know, this trip is definitely going to be productive in terms of from a learning standpoint. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, you, you've been there, uh, grad assistant last year. Um, what, what's the biggest thing that you're looking in year two to go back and do or your biggest learning from year one or advice you could give to Manny after after being there for one year or, or any coach out there listening that's considering, you know, entering into this coaching profession and, Final Four is really known as the biggest job interview in, in, in I, I'm going to say, in, in professional sports. Uh, it's a meet and greet of the who's who. Uh, so what, what's some advice you could give to Manny? What's some advice you could give to any other coaches that may be attending based on your learnings from last year? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very good experience for, for young coaches, for older coaches. Um, and I, I was privy to have the information from that Washington, I had three head coaches on our staff, so got to be able to pick their brains about how they view the Final Four, about how they view young people and their venturing of the Final Four and how they navigate their way around it. And uh, quality over quantity was, was a big thing that they always preached. Um, like I know a guy, see, like I was kind of, when I pulled up last year, I seen Ed Cooley and Leon Rice and Mark Few standing on the corner, and I'm like, yo, like, 
I can literally roll my window down and say what's up to them. And then you just see all these faces that you kind of look up to, that you kind of look up to. Um, and it's kind of like, I wouldn't say breathtaking, but, you know, it's kind of humbling in a sense that you're in the same realm with them. Um, so you have to conduct yourself like you're in their realm and like mm -hmm. you belong. Um, you know, fans are fans, but if you're a coach, be a coach. Um, so they expect you to conduct conduct yourself in that manner. Um, but learning, though, no. learn, learning is a, is, a, is a big part of it. Um, quality over quantity is a big deal. Like if you're having a conversation with somebody and you see somebody walking over, that don't mean you need to cut your conversation short to make sure you just go say hi to them and like, you know, like have, have belief in, in, in quality of what you're doing over the numbers. Um, because quality is, is, what, is what manifests down the line. Like again, like a lot of people say, oh, I know such and such, and I know such and such, and well, does such and such know you? So if such and such knows you, then you're in good shape. But you know, you don't want to be the guy. Like, yeah, that's my guy. And you're like, hey, do you know such and such? And they're like, who? Like you don't want that deal. So, but again, learning is is the big thing. That's what I'm excited for. Um, they have these X's and O's clinics that I love. Um, you get to just hear perspectives um, and kind of formulate your own. Um, the socials are cool. I just, I just love the whole NABC setup. Like, I, I think they do a really good job every year of, of providing a platform for, for young people to get out and learn and, and mix and mingle and, and be comfortable in what they're getting themselves into. Right. Um, moving, moving along, uh, I think, you know, it's fitting. We'll, we'll take a little time out. Um, obviously, this past weekend, there was some, some news that uh, impacted not only the basketball world, but culture in general. And I think, uh, you know, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Um, I think that sent shockwaves through through the basketball world. Uh, but in general, people that didn't even know really who he was are, are now figuring out who he was and what he stood for and, and how important to the culture he actually was. And, you know, when, when it happened, I obviously thought of Jeremy right away, being from from LA and, and, and out in that area, that would be similar to someone from Toronto that we, we would have known or, or whatnot. Um, what, what do you think the real impact of his passing is on, on the basketball world, the culture, and then take it down layers, and that's what the media sees, but on that community where he grew up and is still at? unfortunate it's unfortunate that somebody who grew up where he grew up and <clears throat> in the circumstances that he grew up in did all that he did and, and stayed like I know a lot of rappers and you know celebrities get, get grief about growing up in the hood and leaving and never showing up again and then they're deemed fake and etc cetera, etc cetera. and then it's like you know when they when they do what you ask of them Unfortunate situations like these arise because you have people who don't value them how they should. So for me, it's tough because I have family at home. And to be, to have a feeling of this fear that you don't even want your family leaving the house sometimes because you just know how home can get in these certain circumstances. It's tough. And I think. Now, I personally never met Nipsey. I know several people who knew, who do know him. And it's just a sad situation. It's unfortunate. 
Um, like it's tough. Like you look at Nipsey Hussle and Lauren London, and you, like they're celebrities and it's glitz and glam, and it's like man, they're human beings too. Like they just so happen to do their job really, really well that they garner fans and they have fame and money, and but they're human beings and it, it's it's tough and like it's really shaking us. Like I was alive when Tupac and Biggie passed, but I was young and didn't get it. But now as an adult, like to see what he was doing for our culture and our community. Because in my opinion, basketball and music kind of run, run a line. They run parallel. parallel. And to see him at Laker games and out in the community and friends with Isaiah Thomas, who's from Seattle, and you know, like it's it's groundbreaking. And it's, is it's sad? Is is Nipsey's passing this generation's Biggie and Tupac? Is is this how you think? You know, obviously I was there. I mean, not there, but I was in that generation when it was like Biggie and Tupac passed, and it was like, man. This is crazy. Like, A, who would do this? And and obviously theirs is still unsolved. Um, but I think it's even more crazy to think that, like, this was done by one of his people, someone he knew. And and that's that's the part that's hard to answer. Um, and, and and it's usually someone that has so much accessibility to you that could just walk right up on you. That That's the troublesome part because we had this conversation yesterday in being a celebrity, for the most part – People just walk up on you, you know, and I've talked to athletes where, like, people want to take a selfie. They just walk up, and, and you're you're unsuspecting of, like, any do, you know, do-gooder or do-batters or whatever the, the word is of people that have ill intentions. And he would probably just, the guy walked up on him and, and because he knew him. And, and it's, that's the part that's just crazy. And, and the impact, I mean, we, we sat and had chicken wings last night, and you see Russell, Russell Westbrook. Go for twenty, twenty, and twenty-one, and and is it is there some significance in those numbers? And if there is, tell us what that is. <laughs> so, Nipsey is a Rolling Sixties Crip affiliate. So everybody knows neighborhood Nip is from the Sixties. Twenty, twenty, twenty equals sixty. Russell Westbrook is a LA native, LA rep. So Russell Westbrook represented Nipsey Hustle by getting twenty, twenty, twenty. So. And, and again, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, if you know the culture back home and how it is, like, no random is just walking up on Nipsey Hussle in his strip mall in front of his marathon store and doing what he did. So, I mean, at this point, everybody knows the cat, the cat is out the bag and everybody knows who did it. But, I mean, it's, it's sad that it came from somebody so close to him. Yeah, definitely. Um so I mean, obviously that's that's a tough one, and I think the basketball culture has, has really taken note of that, and and you see the tweets and 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 the interest. So again, rest in peace. Uh, you know, obviously the impact to his, his family and his friends and his community will be uh, felt for a long, long time, and hopefully other people step up and continue on uh, doing good for those communities and those people that that Nipsey has touched and, and helped out. Um, this past weekend, uh, get to Brandon a little. We we just finished up the BioSteel weekend, which had 24 of the best females, 24 of the best males from across Canada uh, be brought in for a game. It's the first time that the female game was on TSN. Um, we had some athletes in this gym this weekend, uh, and and I can't can't forget the junior games, the junior girls game, mm -hmm. the junior boys game. Um, let let's start with the junior boys game for a second, because you know, coming in, Elijah Fisher, 
And Jeremy, I think, you know, you and Brandon both got some feedback on some some IG video that kind of went out on Elijah Fisher uh, this weekend where he threw himself on a guy. I'm not even going to say he dunked on someone. He threw himself on a guy. Um, and that v video went viral. Um, is he that next one out of Canada in, in terms of, like, the one that everyone gets behind? The, the you know, the Wiggins, the, the Barrett. <laughs> I def yeah, I definitely think so. And like, especially with like the uh, culture of basketball in Canada, I've noticed uh, a change as far as like how it was, or sorry, how it is in America. Um, we see it, like a lot of these kids now, like their development is so much more, at a, it's at a faster pace in comparison to what it was before. And so like looking at Elijah Fisher, about 6'5", freakishly athletic and has a pro's game already. At such a young age, uh, people see, you know, like potential lottery pick already, and he's only four, what, 14, 13, mm -hmm. something 13, like that. 14. So a lot of people are like, and I'm sure a lot of people are like looking at that, like, you know, like this kid's going to be something special, like kind of like let me tag along or like let me try to like help this kid out. Like there's, there's going to be good people and there's going to be bad people, but definitely there's going to be a lot of people behind them. What, um... What's your favorite moment from this weekend? What, what stuck out besides that dunk? Because we we just we just spent some time on there. What was your favorite moment from this weekend? That that when you think back, you think, oh. Because I, I sit there and I think, okay, the dunk off was good. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I learned a lot about players that that I had seen play and and thing. But you you see their character, their personality, their smile. Um, their love of the game. I, I think there was some some moments in the dunk off where we saw that. Um, Jacoby Neath um, really shocked me with his criticism, and I don't think a lot of people really took in. Um, he he jumped over someone and put his arm in the rim, mm -hmm. and and I don't think anyone, you know, outside of just jumping over someone, I don't think anyone really took in the fact that his elbow <laughs> was in the rim. Mm -hmm. And so anyone watching, go back and that and pay attention, because. Um, that was he, he was up there, mm -hmm. and there's some pictures that have surfaced that I've seen where he's basically looking in the rim. Um, so he shocked me, uh, and then an, an, another another kid that, that that shocked me. I knew he was good, but I liked the flair he showed in the second half of the Bowsteel game was Marseille Caston, who yeah. you know got a couple dunks, made a couple passes, and and I I had seen him play in the UIBL last year, um, but again you know watched him and then when you see him in that scenario you kind of see him freestyle uh, so any anything else stick out to you guys um, i mean pat wants to say his comeback i know that and and, <laughs> and the team that uh made a huge run but what else what else for you guys i, I think for me it was just um just seeing uh a number of girls in the dunk off like to me yeah. like that was you know almost uh changed as far as like Canada basketball goes like you. Yeah, we'll see like one girl, and then dunk off. But we had what three, three, four. We had we had three that legitimately all almost made the dunk. That yeah. probably if it wasn't under the circumstances of where we are, they can. And they, 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 can. They, they they would make that dunk. Yeah. And they've made that dunk. Yeah. And I said it to other people too, and I, I'd agree. And I'm glad you brought that up. Is like the state of Canada basketball right now is growing. Mm -hmm. It's not only growing on the men's side; it's growing on the women. Who would have ever thought five years ago that we'd actually, if if we said to someone we're going to have a dunk off at an All Star game and there's going to be three women in that dunk off, mm -hmm. people would have looked at you like, "Are you serious? Yeah, like, yeah. Come on, man! Yeah. Like, it's coming. 
It's mm-hmm. coming. And there was some girls in that game, and the size of the girls in that game, yeah. they're special. They're going to do some big things in college. Absolutely. Um, I, I think the sky's the limit. I think our, our girls' Canadian national team is going to be really, really good. I think they're ranked. I, I could be wrong here, Mark, if we could pull that up at some point. But I think they're ranked three or four in the world. Um I'm looking at the screen there, Mark. It says stream stat is bad. Is that like we're bad or no, we're, we're good? Um, so so I, I think we, uh, we're, we're coming a long ways with basketball here. and We just got to continue to build it and, and, and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, anything around the table? Anything that, that you guys want to bring up? We have, you know, kind of open space here. Is there any questions, Mark? Um, Anything you could see off IG or, or anything? I, don't know, I, just wanna, I just wanna add though, like I advise everybody to like really watch like women's basketball. Like I, I thoroughly really do enjoy women's basketball and I think part of it was because I just loved basketball so much as a kid that like when the NBA ended and the WNBA started in ninety seven, like it, I, I just knew it was hoops. So like I was around watching like Cheryl, uh Cheryl Swoops and Tina Thompson and Cynthia Cooper three P. In the first three years, and Rebecca Lobo being in the league, and it's like it's funny how I got older to see all these people as in WNBA. Like to go back and research and see like they played at UConn well before Tarasi and Maya Moore, and um, I, I I think I think their game deserves a little more acclaim than, than it gets. Um, I'd agree ba- with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like basketball ain't just highlight dunks because even the dudes that can only highlight dunk, their careers don't last that long. So it's like some as a basketball player, some women are better basketball players of playing the game than men. So I mean, yeah, some people are the the hyper masculine guys are gonna say no, it's not. But you can say what you want. Uh, like these girls are good, man. Like I'm really a fan of Cheyenne Day Wilson. She's oozing with talent. Um, I like Micah Dennis a lot. That her name, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like her a lot. I like uh, Marissa, Marissa Russell. Russell is a she, bucket. She, she could hoop. Oh, Aaliyah. my God. Uh, Aaliyah is good, too. Bucket. Yeah, and Aaliyah's, 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 I mean, there, there, was, yeah. um, there was one girl, um, the girl that we said looked like Michelle. Yeah. I really oh, like oh, her Rebecca, game. Her, Rebecca Demecki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could shoot the crap yeah. out of the ball. Yeah, and she, I had to tell her, like, Yo, I love your game because you just go out there and you do it and you look like you have fun and you know who you are when you play. And, and I think I think that in itself was special because she looked like she was having fun. Mm-hmm. She was hooping. She could shoot the ball. And, you know, she looked like she, she played her role on that team in that scenario. But I can picture her doing well. Um, yeah. But, you know. That can in live. The uh, Crestwood played. I can't remember. Yeah, Capital Capital play Capital, Capital Courts. Capital Courts. So Micah Dennis and Mercer Russell versus Leah and um, and back in the yeah. So like I seen that game live. Crestwood was down the whole game. Mm-hmm. Michael fouls out. I'm like, oh, and then here come three ball, three ball, three ball, and it's just kind of like it was a really good game. Like mm-hmm. I wish a lot more people could have saw it. It was a really, it was a really good mm-hmm. game. Even like, the Bill Crutter's point guard, I, I don't know her name. Oh, um, the one that I think she won the yeah Ariana Grizzle yeah, yeah even like the way her shooting ability I mean yeah. I mean she she went right to the finals of the three point shootout yeah. at Vile mm-hmm. Steel yeah. and yeah. and again she could she could shoot that ball I mean the way she's she making shots she was exceptional I mean her rotation her I mean everything was you know they yeah great basketball players you know really high skill I think I think the the biggest thing I saw this weekend was the coachability in in, in the women's side where 
where you know you watch the practices and the coaches were getting after it and, and, and the players were reacting and running I'm not gonna say running systems but running a foundational offense of just trying to get a little bit of structure and they pick up on it so quick mm-hmm. and and you know you really saw that and the interaction with the guys and the girls this weekend was, was pretty cool to see in the open scrimmage uh, where girls were trying to throw the lobs and guys were trying to give it back like it's coming it, it, it really is the culture is coming here and and we got to continue to push it and help it grow and mm-hmm. I think just you know, putting everything else aside, just being able to give that stage for the women on national TV and, and these all-star games is huge uh, for the continued growth of, of the women's side, but but also the men's side. Yeah. Um, who, who impressed you guys in the, in the men's game? Uh, I would definitely say um, Jacoby. Um, I think he did a great job of trying to heat it. I'd say who? I thought you might say who I was going to say, because I thought I was going to be like, yeah, that's it. Um, it's coming. Yeah, a, a, lot, a lot of guys did well. Um, Taron Todd impressed the hell out of me. Um, I, came I, out on fire. He absolutely did, and I'm gonna give a shout out to MVP Addison Patterson who, yeah. who came out and, and was hooping. Um, yeah, that guy's just thing. a natural born scorer, mm-hmm. and and I think uh, you know a lot of people don't understand how he's wired, uh, but he's wired to score. He, he can hoop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, shout out to him. I think he, he did a good job. Who was your biggest shocker? Like, you didn't know of him very much or, you know, someone there like, oh, crap. Because there's, there's one that stuck out to me. Yeah, for me, it was Debbie Sammy Hunter. That, and and mm-hmm. the same one. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> He's solid. You know, yeah. and, like, my very good friend who's a, a BC trainer out there, he's very worked for a, time, for a long time. He always told me about him, but I was excited to finally see him. So, I mean, besides basketball players, such a high-character kid. You know, I picked him up from the airport. We had a good conversation the entire time, and you know, race the right way. And I mean, he's big, physical. You know, Ole Miss is going to have a. They're getting a gift in him. You know, I think he's skilled. You know, yeah, he's skilled. Yeah, yeah. He's not one dimensional. He's not just yeah. a back to the basket guy. He yeah. can pop out and shoot it. He yeah. dunks everything. It's funny because a lot of NBA guys said he was standing there. And again, it's not a comparison I'm doing, but his 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 demeanor. His physical traits and his attributes of like what he looks like, when he stood there in the timeouts, he stands like Wiggins. He's got kind of that little baby face that that looks like Wiggins, and his body's built like Anthony Bennett. And mm-hmm. and you look at it, his arms just keep going. Mm-hmm. He's long and he wants to dunk everything. And and so you look at him and and that was a feedback that was constant all the way down, yeah. um, from the NBA personnel that were there watching. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. but I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, I think he also got a, one of the ESPN NBA draft analysis did a little piece on him as well, you know, because the, he also impressed their practice as well. So yeah. it was a great weekend for him. I, I think, I think the, the thing that I like the most out of the entire Biosteel weekend is the practices. Yeah. Practices in the inner squad scrimmage where the teams play each other yeah. um, the day before the game. I think they go at each other. Um, I think you get to see kind of a highlight of what you're to expect the next day. Um, but with with 27 of the 30 NBA teams sitting on the sideline watching them, I think they get to they get to now perform, um, and you get to see the good, bad, and 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 you know the guys that really get after it and the guys that take this serious. Yeah. Uh, so that's my favorite day of the whole event. But uh, I, I think this year's game was was fun to watch. I think the second mm-hmm. half was amazing. The comeback, 
Um, the people that attended the game, there was a lot of TFC players there, Kyle Lowry, Tyler, uh, Lennox Lewis, Ken Birch. Uh, Ken Birch Masai you know, who? Masai Ujiri. Yeah, Masai from from the Raptors, the Gia. It, it, it was it was kind of a who's who of basketball in in terms of coming out and supporting these future Division One athletes, yeah. future some of them being future pros. Yeah. Can I point um, out one guy that was actually really shocked me this weekend was a guy on our team. Uh, shout out Team Red, um, Nicholas Ogenda. He blocks a lot of shots. That boy can get up. He's mm-hmm. he's ridiculous length and, and just the way that he was able to play down low this weekend and a lot of guys were kind of I think giving him a little bit of uh, a little bit of hell for it just because he's he's not the strongest individual on the block but his presence was felt uh, a lot of that comeback I feel was a, a big part of him um, and just another guy that you know flat out had no idea who he was previous to being here was 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 Marcy um, I think that the way that you know he he played and the way that he exposed himself real real quickly to the to the world uh, was amazing to see, um, but the one thing I loved about the weekend, I say, would be him and uh, and Keyshawn Bartholomew coming up to me and saying, "Coach, can we pick him up full?" And not like everyone, just them. And as soon as they started picking up Jacoby in full court pressure, it changed the dynamic of the game for White. The way that he had to bring up the ball, he was and not and and nothing against Jacoby, but he had to all of a sudden from comfort to discomfort to I need to make a decision and make it quick. And sometimes I think that he had his hands on the ball too long. And, you know, that really disrupted a lot of the decisions that he was able to make. So, you know. What, what was the chemistry like? Uh, and you guys you guys were kind of on both teams. And when I look at it, it's like they legitimately were all supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, well, f- flat out, I think it started, I think it started with just um, our halftime speech. You know, uh, really, you know, big, big shout out to, to Coach Justin Cerise, our head coach. Um, who's over over at Laurier? And Nate. And Nate Philippe, absolutely. Nate Philippe. Those two guys did a, a phenomenal job yeah. with making these guys feel comfortable yeah. walking in. And and they, it's like, a difficult situation. They also, they in. also like, you know what, and, and, and credits to them is they allowed us four to really have an opportunity to, you know, get that spotlight just as much as they have it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from, from Justin's perspective, you know, he, he came to me and said, you know, I want you to have your, your time, your moment. Um, and I don't know if that's because I was trying to really instill myself in what we were doing and, and trying to make the best of the moments that we had. And, and he's and, a huge Nipsey Hustle fan. I yeah, mean, he was really he crushed was by really that, crushed by, by after that. the game yeah. when he heard yeah. that news. He was he was almost the yeah. point he was mad. Yeah, I think um, our change though came at halftime. Like for real. Like I, you know, just from 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 my angle, um, you know, one guy that was looking at me a little like, is this guy really uh, really yelling at us right now? Um, was Ramir. Um, you know, I came to the change room and, and basically told the guys that, you know, the, the, the level of what they're playing, the people that they're playing in front of, the, the platform that they're on, and the whole concept of just there's so many people that are in that gym right now that would go, run through a wall in order to be in the position that you're in. And just the way that you're wasting it, I think that was an eye-opener for them. Yeah, I and, think. And they, they I knew rallied. there was going to be a difference at halftime yeah. when I heard, hey, Yeah, hey. they rallied they rallied. As soon as that energy, happens, I know Pat sure. had his hands on something because yeah. they all sound to say, hey. And I, you know what, though? That I think that was, besides a comeback, even if we lost that game, the way that they, you know, I, I, I try, once again, I try and set a tone. If it's going to be followed, it's going to be followed. If it doesn't, it is what it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die trying. Yeah. But to see that the way that they rallied behind what I was just throwing out there into the, you know into the universe was absolutely amazing. You know I rewatched the game and just seeing the excitement from them on the sideline after every they were standing three engaged like you know first off Ramir you are a funny dude your reactions were absolutely hilarious 
Um, and just in general, like the so so let me let me ask you from together, the other standpoint awesome. now. Do we need to add more timeouts? Because I <laughs> no, we could stop a run there, and yeah, and, it, and it's hard, and yeah. and that that's a byproduct of it being on TV too. Is yeah. is that all the timeouts are really geared towards commercials, mm -hmm. and so when you get on that huge run, and and I I don't know exactly what that run was, but it, it was it, it was, was like right right twenty to something. Yeah, it was we were down by seventeen, and it yeah. was a, like full on flesh combat. So I mean. We we could have maybe added one more timeout to stop a run, but uh, you know, I think overall it, it, it was pretty good. I think there's too many fouls called. Um, you know, it was a shame that Joel Brown fouled out because I think yeah. that would have made a difference uh, at the end. And you know, but with that being said, it, it was a great game. Um, it was one that will go down that a lot of guys could look back and say, you know what, I, I had a I had a, a fun time. Mm -hmm. And. And the, and the feedback was all positive. But, you know, awesome. one guy that was there, too, shout out Enoch. Um, he used to play basketball for me and now plays for the Alouettes. He was at the game as well and came up and talked. And I didn't know he was actually related to Jaden Bediaco. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a small world, this basketball mm -hmm. community. Yeah, it really is. It, it was fun, and I, I want to thank all the players, all the coaches, you guys, everyone that was a part of this game, all the, all the staff behind the scenes. It, it's it's kind of a thankless job behind the scenes when you see how many people are doing yeah. so much work. And shout, shout out, out you, Mark. Mark. I was about to say, you do more uh, than anyone Mark. I think I saw yeah. this weekend. Hey. You know, I know he's not on film and we can do it, but he sits here, he films this. The boy he, had his hustle he, set he, going this weekend. He, uh, he, he is on the go. Without him, there's there's no AI, there's Absolutely. no OP, there's no BioSteel, there's no website. There's, there's, there's no content. Mark, no Mark will be... Everything and anything that people need. So shout out to you. Jeremy does love gear. <laughs> Jeremy does. A lot of people do actually, but Jeremy does. Um, so we, uh, you know, shout out everyone who attended, all the people that bought tickets, um, and, and you know, we had a blast. Uh, I, I, I want to give one final shout out. Obviously, BioSteel with with the game and 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 all the sponsors, but a super huge shout out to to Nike. Uh, Mark Bain, Charles Yearwood, who put everything into this game, the gear these kids got, the 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 sponsorship of the game, the the um, you know just all of the additions inside of our yeah. building, and to make this you know a comfortable place with the locker rooms and the and the um, the lounges and and everything. So shout out Mark, shout out Charles, um, Nike, uh, everyone that they had involved uh, in helping and. And we truly appreciate it. And shout out to all the sponsors. Um, you know, we could go down the line for the BioSteel game, but, you know, there was uh, – who else was involved in it? Booster Juice, um, Mancha Financia, AMG uh, Campbell, Sport Check. Um, you know, if we're forgetting anyone, I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, everybody that, that participated. And I think, uh, you know, made this a, a, an amazing event for, for – yeah kids of all ages um the last thing i'll say that junior game i'm still the size in that game and what we have to look forward kids. to yeah there's some special kids in that grade mm -hmm. 9 10 class that, that are coming up man. that olivier max and prosperous kid is a problem he reminds me a lot yeah. a lot a lot of oj percent just the way his yeah. his motor is and just getting every rebound his size his wingspan um, did, want to try to dunk everything did those kids go at each other or what yeah, yeah. they did I mean, yeah. shout out to the coaches there as well, uh, Jeremy and, and Ro, uh, for, for coaching that game and, and, and getting these kids to, to play hard. Um, you know, I, I think the future's bright on the girls' side, the guys' side. 
the junior girls game was was great to watch. I yeah. think there's a lot of talented. A lot of talented young girls uh, that are are, are going to really fill the, the the footsteps of the girls that did a great job in the senior. Shout game. out to Marlo and Z. Absolutely, you know, two of the best coaches on the women's side. Um, you know, they came out here and, and again got those those girls to to play hard as well. So shout out everyone involved. Uh, we're looking forward to to getting back next Wednesday, getting an update from you guys on who and what you saw and, and sure. you know, how, how good the Final Four was in person. Uh, hopefully you guys have a great trip and appreciate, and appreciate everything you guys have done for us. Uh, and we out, Episode 3. Peace.